song he's lying on your heart right now. Whether you speak it or sing it or you lift your hands or you cry, we're just going to worship him because he is good. You are good. You are worthy, Father. You are worthy of our worship and our adoration and our praise, Lord. We give you everything that we have because you are worthy. We don't deserve you, but still you came. You washed as white as snow. Hallelujah. Just come, Father. Pour your spirit out upon us. Like you said that you would, God, make it here on earth as it is in heaven.
just love you. Father, it is all about you. You purposed us to be right here, right now. Not 10 years from now, not 10 years ago. Right now, you have placed us for a time such as this. And Lord, I pray that it is all about you, that we give you everything that we have, that we just want you and nothing else, that nothing else will satisfy. Lord, I pray that we would lay our lives down for you as a living sacrifice, Lord, that we would serve as you did, Jesus, the perfect example. Use us, Lord. I just pray that you would use us, each and every one of us that are in here in this room right now and those who are watching online. God, I pray that you would just call us, that we would hear the still, small voice, that we would be seeking you with all that we have. It's all about you, Lord. We love you and we thank you for what you've done for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, we're so glad to have you here. If you would just want to go and give someone a high five around you and we'll get ready to get the message going. everybody it's good to have you it's good to see y'all tonight 
Lori's back. Everybody say hi to Lori. Don't let her out the door so she doesn't leave again. Live streamers, it's good to have you wherever you're watching from. Welcome. Let's take up tithe and offering. So if you have something to give. I don't know if I got a, a ring, Chris, if that's just me. Is there a ring out there? I'm low. Well, there's a ring. Yeah, I got I got an echo in the back of my head. It feels like it's coming from behind me. And there's nothing there. Coming out of there. A little bit of a ring. We'll, we'll work on it as I'm talking here. Uh, tithe and offering, if you have something to give, you can prep it. Envelopes are in the chair in front of you. If not, wave your hand around. One of our incredible, fabulous ushers will help you out. But as you give tonight, we appreciate your giving. And, and uh, remember, the tithe is holy unto the Lord. And we give our tithe and our offering, uh, tithe of our increase, the offering of what's upon our heart. And that God honors our giving, but our giving is holy unto him. And, and the blessings of the Lord are always with us. God is my provider. I believe that. Amen? All right. So I'm, I'm going to pray over that. So if you have something to give, you can bring it down. Uh, Lord, we thank you again to be able to come together in your house on a Wednesday night, Lord, to worship you, to, to be with you, to have your presence with us, to get into your words, and, and Lord, just uh, to grow and to mature and to be together as a family of faith. And we thank you for these opportunities and these times. So as we give tonight, I pray it's just another step of a life of faith that we're learning to live in you. And we thank you for the provision of our life, Lord, and, our, and this is a response to your goodness. In Jesus' name, we all say amen. Bring it if you have it. Uh, other than the announcement at the start of service, one additional announcement is uh, we, we have a uh, kind of a text prayer thread. So if, like, if a prayer need comes up, it's kind of an intercessory thread. It gets sent out through that text thread. Whatever happened when we had, it got messed up. So it's a new sign-up. So if you, if you were in it before and you still want to be a part of it, uh, please sign up at the back, and uh, Samara will kick that thing back off again pretty soon. So uh, please sign up. But other than that, we, we did a little bit of a short of worship tonight because uh, as we did the last couple of weeks on Wednesday, we're going to close out uh, for those that want to hang around just a little bit in a time of prayer. And uh, I, I believe uh, prayer is important. And obviously, our personal prayer life, but we have to pray together as a church, too. And, and it's not just doing it, but we learn together, but the importance of that. So worship was a little bit shorter. Uh, my message is going to be a tad shorter. And then we're going to, for those of you who want to hang around for a little bit, we'll, we'll pray just, just for 10 or 15 minutes before we head out tonight. Okay? So having said that, get your Bibles out. Romans, we're, we're nearing the end. We should be able to finish up our Romans series next Wednesday night, and I think everybody may be excited about that. I don't know. I am. Uh, but we've been walking through the book of Romans and taking about the highlights of two chapters a week. And, and Romans is the, the, was considered the big theological masterpiece of the Apostle Paul, writing to the churches in Rome, churches that he did not found, churches that were in existence. Uh, he is planning on visiting Rome on his way to Spain, visiting the churches there on his way to Spain, as it says at the end of chapter 15. But before he does so, he's got to take a collection back to Jerusalem. And he actually is sort of concerned for his life, uh, so he asks for some prayers according to that. But Paul is after making sure that the churches in Rome are on the same page about what the gospel is. 
That's the big picture of Romans. So uh, as we know, beginning of Romans, Paul writes, I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it's power of God to salvation for those who believe first for the Jew and then the Gentile. And uh, he, he's making sure that the churches in Rome, whether they're Jew or Gentile, understand that your righteousness cannot come by living by the law, but the righteous live by faith. Yeah. So he's carrying that theme all the way through. Uh, last week in uh, chapters 12 and 13, Paul gets into some uh, practical living of what it means to live in faith, righteousness that comes by Christ Jesus. And he says to make sure that you offer your bodies as a living sacrifice that is holy and acceptable unto the Lord. So we are to live in such a way that our life is an honoring response to what God has done and what he is doing. And he actually, uh, in chapter 13, pretty much just straight out says, if you really want to fulfill what the law is all about, learn how to love right. And there it is. Love your neighbor as yourself. And if you learn how to do this, then that is actually what the law is about and what the law is after. And we live by faith and learning to learn how to love properly. When you love right, it's hard to sin. And get that in your heart. As, as we know, Jesus said the, the great the great commands, that we love God with everything we have, and in turn, that what is like it, what goes with it, is to love our neighbor as ourself. We learn how to love. Love because God loves us, and the love of God is growing in us. I'll tell you what, when I got saved, I didn't love people. I disliked most of them. And then after I was saved for a while, I still didn't love people. I disliked most of them. And even when I got in the ministry, I still had to learn how to love people. I was still, I'm still learning how to love people. This is a, a life of faith. So I know we would like to say, well, we don't have to live under the law. Okay, great, but you're supposed to live under love. And there's the requirement that we learn how to do this, right? So Paul keeps on in what it means then for the Roman church to be together. Remember, the Roman church is diverse. Again, it has Jew and has Gentile, those that were living under the law and those that had no idea of the law. And they're being brought into a family of faith, a body that's supposed to function together. He talked about that uh, as we find in Romans 12. And Paul kind of continues that in chapter 14 and beginning of chapter 15 of what it means to be a body together, to function together properly. Remember, because in Christ Jesus, there's neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female. So ethnicity, gender, social status, in the body of Christ, we're all put on equal footing. Not one or the other. Now that we're brought into a family together, diversity in a family, how are we supposed to live together? We're supposed to learn how to do that, right? How do we do that, love? If there's no love, you'll never learn how to do it. But a diverse family that is brought together, called to live together, not just function together as a body, but then the witness of that body is supposed to go out of the body into the world. So it's kind of like this. I've said this before. But, but somebody that looks into this church, and they wouldn't put it this way, okay, 
but they should see how we interact with each other and somehow, someway, they would say something like, man, the kingdom of God is really coming to this world. Would somebody say that by looking how we interact and live together as a body of faith? The only way they're going to do that if we're loving each other and learning what it means to live in that kind of love, right? Well, there's division, there's strife, there's envy, there, there's problems. There's also, they look at that and say, yeah, it's just like, like the world. What, what's the point of being a part of this mess, right? So we should be growing in what it means to come together as a body. Because it's not just for us to function together as the kingdom on earth, but it is a light to the world and how they see how we live together. You know, the Christian, we go through everything else the world does, but the difference is we respond differently. Right? Because we have Jesus. And that affects how we live together. So, so watch what Paul's saying. With the backdrop of the law, he says, 14.1, As for the one who is weak in faith, welcome him. But I, I like this. Watch this. This is something you need to highlight, underline it, circle it, do whatever it is to remember this point, but not to quarrel over opinions. Quit arguing about your opinions in the church. Stop. It brings division. So quit arguing about stuff that at the end of the day doesn't mean anything. There's no point in it. Right? But what does he mean by what he's saying? So one person believes he may eat anything, while the weak person only eats vegetables. Now, probably what's going on here, Paul doesn't specify, but what's going on here in Rome, uh, there, most of the meat available had been part of some sort of ritual sacrifice to some god that it's available to eat. And some people are saying, I'm not going to eat meat that's offered to idols. While some are saying, ah, big deal, bring it over, I'll eat it. Some are saying, no, I don't want any part of that. And Paul's saying when you put restrictions on something, when God declared it all clean, but now you're putting some sort of restriction, he calls you weak in faith. But Paul is saying, regardless of the situation, we must welcome one another. Verse 3, let not the one who eats despise the one who abstains, and let not the one who abstains pass judgment on the one who eats, for God has welcomed him. Who are you to pass judgment on the servant of another? It is before his own master that he stands or falls. And, and who is that master? God himself, right? And he will be upheld, for the Lord is able to make him stand. So that's one example. Another one that Paul throws out here. One person esteems one day better than another, while another esteems all days alike. So uh, there's a holy day. Ah, no, they're all alike. No, there's a day we're supposed to do this. Nah, they're all alike. And Paul's saying, okay, whatever you think, each one should be fully convinced in his own mind. The one who observes the day, observe in honor of the Lord. The one who eats, eats in honor of the Lord. Since he gives thanks to God, while the one who abstains abstains in honor of the Lord and gives thanks to God. So in other words, no matter what you do, if you do it in thanks to God, then it's acceptable. Then why are we to pass judgment on what somebody doing that's giving thanks to God then is acceptable to God? 
So Paul is bringing a diversity together. You, you want to keep by, living by the stipulations of the law? It doesn't earn your righteousness, but okay. Then over here we have freedom not to do that. Okay. But we still have to come together and function together, quit arguing and quarreling over things that don't matter. Okay? All right, let's keep going. All right, let's see. Verse 7, for none of us lives to himself, and none of us dies to himself. For if we live, we live to the Lord, and if we die, we die to the Lord. So then, whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. And for this end, Christ died and lived again, that he might be both the Lord of the dead and the living. And there's the important thing. By the way, Paul deals with things like this in other of his writings. So uh, the book of Corinthians, he deals with uh, this whole meat offered to idols and whether you should eat it or not, and, and, and those that are and those that aren't. He deals with issues of, of, uh, of things like this in uh, Galatians and Colossians. He's always dealing with people that find the reason not to get along. And he's saying, stop it. Don't force what you think on somebody else. Learn how to get along despite the fact that you have differences. Okay? All right, let's keep going. Verse 10, so why do you pass judgment on your brother? Why do you despise your brother? For we all stand before the judgment seat of God. For it is written, as I live, says the Lord. This is out of Isaiah 45. Every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God. So then each of us will give an account of himself to God. I'm going to give an account to God for how I have lived. And in this life, I'm living giving thanks unto him, and what I'm doing is acceptable to him. If not, he will convict me and lead me a different way. And in that, I will stand before him and give an account for what I have done you know who I'm not going to give an account for in front of at the judgment seat? Any of y'all. Isn't that right? Nor, nor will I be judging you. That's what Paul's getting at here. Quit judging each other. You're going to stand before God someday to give an account for what you have done. Now, is there a judgment and admonishment in church to a certain place? Yes, but not to the place of replacing God. That's not our place. Okay? But here's what we can do, as, as Paul keeps writing here. Therefore, let us not pass judgment on one another any longer, but rather decide never to put a stumbling block of hindrance in the way of a brother. I know and am persuaded in the Lord Jesus that nothing is unclean in itself, talking about food to eat. But it is unclean for anyone who thinks it's unclean. For if your brother is grieved by what you eat, you are no longer walking in love. By what you eat, do not destroy the one for whom Christ died. So do not let what you regard as good be spoken of as evil. Now, what Paul is getting at here is, if, if let's, say, let's say my wife had a, felt, she felt a restriction on something that she considered God said is unclean, so she's not going to eat it. But I have freedom there, and I don't think the same way. What I am not going to do is go ahead and constantly eat that in front of her. 
Why try to destroy another in my freedom? Correct? Now, if she only ate vegetables and didn't want me to eat meat, I'd have never married her. Let's just say that. We'll throw that straight out from the start, okay? We don't have this problem. But when you bring a body of believers in, we have these things sometimes, right? So we are not to do something to cause a stumbling block to another believer by what we do. Now, having said that, on the flip side of it, it's not as if a believer can come in here and say, hey, I don't do this. That means that none of the rest you can't either. Well, that's manipulation. We don't allow that either, okay? But in other words, Paul's getting at is, in our differences, can we learn how to love and do what we can not to put a stumbling block in front of the one that we love by where I may have freedom and they don't? It's not my job to push my freedom in front of them and so pass judgment on them. You see what I'm getting at? Okay, let's keep going. Verse 17, Paul gets to the nitty-gritty right here. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating, it's not a matter of drinking, but of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Whoever thus serves Christ is acceptable to God and approved by men. So then let us pursue what makes for peace and for mutual upbuilding. It's hard to make peace and build somebody up when you're arguing and fighting. Stop. At the end of the day, that stuff doesn't matter because the kingdom of God is not about that anyways. Amen? So what can we do to build up those in our family of faith? Amen? Paul actually, in another place he said, I become all things to all men. Why does he do that? So, so he clears the way to present the gospel. He becomes all things. Pa Paul, Paul in, in a way, was saying, I am so concerned about the spreading of the gospel, I lay myself down to become what I need to become in order to share it and not put a stumbling block in the way of that sharing happening. That's what Paul is trying to bring into the church. Okay, let's go. Uh, verse 20. We're on good time here. Do not, for the sake of food, destroy the work of God. Everything is indeed clean, but it is wrong for anyone to make another stumble by what he eats. It is not good to eat meat or drink wine or do anything that causes your brothers to stumble. The faith that you have, keep between yourself and God. So um, matters of, of, of conscience and conviction... I don't need you to know what my convictions are about everything, nor do I need to be right to you, nor do I need to force my convictions on you. That's, I'm going to keep that matter between me and God. Right? It's that way when we come together, again, we can find peace, we can find unity, and we can then in peace and unity find a move of God in our midst. Okay, so let's... Uh, Let's jump down to chapter 15. We'll just go down to verse 7, and we'll close this out then. So we who are strong, in other words, who find freedom in these things, have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. In other words, I cannot look at somebody that lives by uh, restrictions or, or observing certain things when I find freedom there and, and look at them in, in such a way that I feel prideful that I'm better than them because I have freedom there and they don't. 
That's wrong also. Verse 2, let us, let each of us please his neighbor for his good and build him up. Why? For Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. In other words, Christ took our sins, our iniquities to the cross. For whatever was written in the former days was written for our instruction, that through endurance and through encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. So the scriptures, what we find in the Old Testament, the law of the prophets, point towards Jesus and the way of faith in him. Verse 5. May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Jesus. Let's stop mid-sentence there. What is harmony? I can't sing. If you ask me to get in harmony with you, I'm going to blow the whole thing up. There is no harmony with my voice. But when you get some people that can sing, you know what I'm saying, and they harmonize together, there's something beautiful about it. They join together and cause something good to come forth. That, that, that is pleasing to hear. We are called as a family of faith to live in harmony. That we produce something that is pleasing. In accord with what? With Jesus, who is the head of the church, who laid down his life for us. Can we learn to do the same thing so we can have harmony and peace together? Okay? Let's pick up the rest of that sentence there. That you together may with one voice glorify the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. It is with one voice, it's harmony, it's unity together that the glory of God really comes from us. The glory of God doesn't come from division, nor does the glory of God come from arguing, nor does the glory of God come from a body that's broken and fragmented over things that the kingdom of God really isn't about. The glory of God is that the body of Christ can learn and live in harmony together. Amen? This is the task of the church. This is what we're called to do. I think, I think sometimes we've got to get beyond ourselves quite a bit. You know, I've said this before. It struck me probably 12, 13, 14 years ago that I don't have to be right to anybody. So I quit trying to prove it. I quit trying to feel like I had to prove my point to everybody. Argue with them. You see what I'm saying? If somebody wants to discuss something with me, okay, I'll discuss it, but I'm not arguing with anybody. I don't care if I'm right to you. I question if I'm right myself sometimes. I don't, I don't believe I'm a know-it-all anyway, so I think I have to make everybody think like me and act like me. And be, that's, not, that's not Christianity. We are, we are to act and be like Jesus, not like individuals. And we're learning and we're growing in him. We're supposed to be doing it together. But we can't do so when we're constantly allowing things to come in and divide and cause issue. I don't argue with people face-to-face. -face. I don't argue with people on social media. I don't argue with, I, I just don't do it. And you know what? I live a much more peaceable life 
I, you know, I, I, I stand in this pulpit, I present the gospel, I teach the Bible. Under the judgment of God himself, I'll be judged for what I do from here. Right? But I'm not out to, to convince you. I'm out to share the word and then let the Holy Spirit do his job, which I can't do. You know what I mean? So, so I just give things over to him. And I do what I can do, as Paul wrote earlier, as it depends upon you, live at peace with other people. You can't live at peace with other people. You're always trying to make somebody think the way you do and prove your point. That's not living peace with anybody. Right? Especially when it comes to the scriptures and, and, and things about God. Amen. Now, we, we learn to come together as a body, learn to lay aside differences, learn to lay aside the things that we may not be agreeable upon, and worship him together in harmony and therefore glorify him. Amen? You know, uh, so, so it's been, what, uh, a couple thousand years since Jesus raised from the dead? Why, why is the church here today? The work of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is one who convicts. The Holy Spirit was doing a good job long before I, I, I showed up on this planet. <laughs> he doesn't need my help and all that stuff. He's a, he's a big boy. He don't, need, he don't need a step stool to get up to the water fountain. He, he's, a, he's a big boy. He does his job. I'm saved because he did his job. And he does what he loves to do. Amen? So I present, I share, I give. We, can dis we certainly can discuss. Certainly there are times in the house where we bring each other to accountability. But judgment in the place of God has no place in the house. How many know what I'm getting at? What I'm talking about. Okay. I'm going to close up there. And we're going to close out Romans 16 next week. And what's amazing about Romans 16, I'll give you a little highlight. Uh, Paul does something that's actually kind of unconventional is he highlights a lot of women, and we're going to talk about that and what, why that's important. Phoebe, the one who carried the letter. You got, you got Junia. He, he talks about a woman in chapter 16, her name Junia, outstanding among the apostles. Whoa, that's big stuff. So we'll, we'll talk about that next week. Um, but what I want to do tonight is, and maybe this is a great way to get into our prayer is, I want to spend time praying. If you want to stay, if you, want, if you need to head out and take, that's fine. That's okay, but if you want to hang around, it, it, it's a little less than 10 till 8. We're going to spend time just praying. And I would love for you to spend time praying for our church, okay? I would love to spend time praying for the city that you're from, Urbana, Springfield, St. Paris, Mechanicsburg, wherever, wherever you come from. I would love for you to spend time praying for uh, the leaders of governments of authorities above us, uh, our local and, and national level, okay? We're, we're to lift them up in prayer. And we will take our, our prayers, our battles, not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. So we're going to pray that the enemy does not have his way in any of that stuff. Amen? That's what I'd like to do, all right? So... Uh, probably what we'll do is justice or whoever's back there. Don't just kick a little music on. So technically, we're, we're done and dismissed. 
but if you want to hang out and pray for a little bit, you're welcome to do so. And having said that, Sunday morning, we'll be back. We're going to start a new series on Sunday. We just finished up Images of Salvation. So Sunday, I want to follow that with some things, and I'm, I'm excited about it. So uh, bring somebody out with you Sunday morning, and uh, we'll see you then. So have a, have a great end of the week.